0: Hello friends,
1: I'm Rebecca
0: and I'm Kenton.
1: This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast.
0: think I'm going to throw up.
1: Oh, seriously? Yeah. Okay.
0: I don't feel so good. Okay.
1: You know what? Let's just go outside. Get a little fresh air.
0: I'll stay right here over the toilet.
1: No, 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 no. Let's just go outside. I mean, if you're going to throw up, you can throw up outside. (sighs) Plus the fresh air might make you feel good. It's You know, invigorating. That's true. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Okay. That's a
0: little better. I just... Oh, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I really feel like I'm going to throw up.
1: Okay, well...
0: Oh, it's the worst feeling in the world.
1: I mean, go ahead and just throw up.
0: No, that would be terrible.
1: Well, obviously it's not awesome, but a lot of times if you just throw up, you feel a lot better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel
1: bad. Okay, when the girls get the flu, yeah, they get really worried They get really anxious. Am I going to throw up, Mom? Do you think I am? Do you think I'm not? And they just get all wound up inside. And I try to tell them, you have no control over whether you're going to throw up or not right now. So just let it go. Like, stop worrying about it. Yeah, I guess
0: there's some truth to that, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, you're probably making it worse by being so anxious about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, I'm a little stressed about it, I guess.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, that's all right. At least you're noticing that. Anxiety is pretty much the same thing as stress. So not only are you sick and physically stressed, but now you're sort of adding mental stress hey, on top of that. Yeah.
0: So I'm making myself feel clenched in my stomach and it, breathing shallow. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, not seriously. a pretty sight. <laughs> you're right. I'm compounding it by being all stressed out about it.
1: Right. There's not much you can do. But I do so...
0: not want to throw up.
1: <laughs> well, but then you're in that same problem again. You know,
0: I was reading a study yesterday. Okay. Schneiderman.
1: Oh, is that Spider Man's evil arch nemesis? That,
0: <laughs> that, yeah. I always said that, didn't I?
1: Yeah. There's some store we would drive by.
0: Well, back when we lived down in Minnesota, yeah, and it was like a, Schneiderman's um, furniture, furniture store. Yeah. yeah, Schneiderman, arch nemesis of Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Schneiderman. Why, why did we always think that was so hilarious? I don't know, <laughs>
0: because we have just really stupid <laughs> senses of humor.
1: Okay, so what does Schneiderman have Ironson to do with it? and Siegel?
0: I, I was I'm reading a study on stress, and it was just a beautiful overview of what stress. Does to our system?
1: That alone would probably make me feel stressed.
0: Yeah, I guess it did make me a little stressed out. True. Sure.
1: Maybe that's but, why you got sick.
0: <laughs> stress makes you sick, and then being sick makes you stressed. Right. And there's just some kind of cycles here going on. Right? <laughs> well, anyway, tell me what you learned. It was not pretty. It's just stress affects us on so many levels, right? Yeah. Our sense of well-being, our moods, our health. It's just boom, boom, boom. It batters us constantly. Right. And now that you're making me tune in, I I can feel that's what I'm doing to myself. I don't want to throw up. Right. I'm stressed about throwing up. And that makes me want to throw or feel like nauseous more. Right. Yeah. I wonder if this is just a whole parable for life, throwing up.
1: I think it is. If you think about it for a second, I, I mean, I never... Gave it big consideration before this, but hey, if I look at it, usually in life we have all these different things that we're nervous about or are happening, yeah. and then we get really anxious. <gasps> what if I do awful in my presentation tomorrow? What if I don't make the team? What if this? Ask what Marianne if that? Marianne on
0: a date. On oh, this right? And you're
1: right. Yeah, absolutely. And then that is just feeding that even more. I feel like
0: the anticipation is usually worse than the actual thing that we experience.
1: You know, I think that's probably true the majority of the time, or it can even make it worse. If you're worried about getting a shot, the doctor, oh my gosh, oh <laughs> my gosh, you're having your blood drawn. <gasps> oh, you tense against it. Yeah. I mean, that right. makes it so much worse than yeah. if you tune in to what is really going on. And I think that also has Uh, application in our personal relationships too because if i think you think something or i think (sighs) you're feeling something then it's like (gasps) and then i try to be different and then you're like why is she being that way and then that makes you a certain way and we get that cycle going
0: do you ever think that the reason we do these podcasts and our videos is because we humans are just the most complicated weirdly complicated creatures
1: We're certainly interesting, special one might say
0: (laughs) We have these big brains that are supposed to be this pinnacle of evolution or something But really they just often get us into tangles
1: You know, they're kind of like a smartphone when smartphones are just too smart for you (laughs) right? <laughs> <And> you're, like, <laughs> you're saying, excuse me? Your brain
0: might be too smart for you, but my brain, I don't know. I didn't know. mean <laughs> it like
1: that. I, mean, I meant it like it's going off on a different tangent. You're trying to do one thing and it's just taking over, auto-correcting <laughs> something for you. You're like, that's the way I spell that, no, actually. thank
0: you. I want to spell that wrong.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I'm thinking of our forest monks. Oh, yeah. Cold experiences. These are a classic oh, example yeah, for sure of where the Leading up to it, the anticipation is way worse than the actual experience. Sure. And I think almost every forest monk that has done cold experiences would say, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I worry about it the day before. <laughs> it goes for survival challenges and things oh, too. Yeah. Just really worried about it. Feeling a little like I feel right now. Tense in the stomach and tight in the shoulders mm-hmm. and neck and breathing shallow and my mind going on all the how horrible it's going to be. Then you get into the icy water. There's a rush of experience. You're fully present.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. Here I am. You get out and your body's tingling with that heat that comes after a lot of those cold experiences. And Wow, I spent a lot of time really, <laughs> really worried. Right,
1: anxious and stressed yeah. out. I think it's that way too when we have something we want to say but we're worried about saying it. You could take the classic, oh, I broke the window with my baseball or something. <laughs> I don't want to tell you, mom. And then you say it. And uh, even though there might be repercussions, thank release. goodness. Or Marianne, I'm not able to go on a date with you. Thanks for asking me. But <laughs> I I got to let you know I'm not interested in you in that way. And even though there's all the anxiety beforehand, when you finally release it or you finally jump <sighs> in the icy water, it's happened there it is. It's all laid out, and oh, it's like throwing up. You've done it. Doesn't our
0: media just play on this?
1: Oh, of course they do. TV
0: shows, movies.
1: Absolutely. There's always this tension they're creating, right, in one way or another. So that that's, I mean, that's how the drama is that's created, storytelling. right? Yeah. Right. So you're just anxious. You don't know what's happening. They have you second guessing if it's a good movie, and of course then obviously the one of the worst things is that the characters get anxiety and stress and they're worried about telling the other person and oh I can't tell you how many times you're like, Oh, just talk to the other person. Just communicate. Come on. <laughs> right?
0: And that lack of communication. That's a classic place in our lives. Totally. That it comes out. Right. It's because we're worried about how we think somebody's going to respond to whatever we're gonna to say to them, then we don't say it. And it's building up, and there's that tension inside of us. And they're feeling that tension because now we're all stressed and anxious and not telling them what it's about. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Like I said, we're just really complicated creatures.
1: And a lot of it is just being nice. We don't want to... Hurt somebody's feelings or disappoint them because somehow we have this odd belief that we should always be able to make everybody happy all of the time. And we ourselves should always be happy all of the time. And that's just not possible. Some days you're gonna feel sick,
0: right? Yeah, I guess so. Some
1: days you're not gonna be at your best self, nor is anybody else. So, Rebecca. Yes.
0: We have this feeling of anxiety, tension, stress. Mm-hmm. I'm understanding that that does not feel good and that it comes from not wanting to communicate, not wanting to throw up, not wanting to jump in the cold, icy <laughs> river.
1: <laughs> okay, that might be smart. But anyway.
0: <laughs> Where does
1: the anxiety come from? Well, right? I was... If we
0: could understand the
1: yeah 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 no that's true because it's like perhaps if we could understand that we could help ourselves and i was gonna say that the anxiety of course exacerbates things and probably one thing to do would just be to take some deep breaths try to get yourself to step away from the worrying about something and certainly you could do some deep breathing you could try to get yourself relaxed a little bit but i honestly don't think that that is going to, quote, solve your problem. Because I believe, this is my opinion, that the anxiety and stress is simply a symptom of a deeper thing, right?
0: Mm -hmm. No, I agree completely. So,
1: I mean, look at your case here. You don't want to throw up. You're really anxious. Is it going to happen? You're worried about it. What you're trying to do is not throw up. You're essentially trying to control what you really don't have control over, but you're trying to control it anyway. I am not going to throw up. Oh, we humans
0: are trying to do that all the time. Control, 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 right? Oh, yeah. So we've got this big, messy, organic world, Mm -hmm. but we would like to have it look really just rigid and pretty. (laughs) And of course, it's not going to do that. Mm. And the tension between the reality, the organic reality, and my desire for control That makes me pretty miserable because I'm constantly thwarted in my attempts to control.
1: Life is like a whole forest versus just a park that's been manicured, right? Yeah. And so we have to realize there is going to be chaos and messiness. And no matter how much we think things through from every angle and we try to make things look the way we want, Usually, life doesn't give us that. It doesn't give us any of those. Usually, it's some combination of different things or it's something we haven't even thought of before. And we say, I didn't even see that one coming.
0: I feel like control... Okay, so there's the people that label themselves or are labeled the control freak. Uh,
1: That'd be me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know it. You're living with a, as I said, self-proclaimed recovering perfectionist who is definitely a control freak. But
0: here's the thing. A lot of us think... Oh, this control thing, this is only for people with control issues, control freaks. But I feel like if we look carefully, control is operating Mm. in most of our lives. Um, I'm not going to say every single one of us because maybe we have some Jedi Zen masters out there that are listening.
1: If you are a Jedi Zen master, will you please contact us? Because we would really like to meet you and talk to you. I would at least. (laughs) I'm serious. Okay. Yeah, I case your shirt is a little off right here. And let's put that hair right there. And then you got a mustache. Stop it. You're trying to control me. (laughs) Okay, so what did you want to keep saying? Not every single person is perhaps a controlling person. Really,
0: all of us are controlling. My desire not to throw up, that's a form of control. And if I look carefully, there's all kinds of little things in my life that I try to control. In doing so, I create that anxiety
1: yeah yeah a lot of times I feel at least this has been my experience is as I try to control something I almost can see it is becoming the thing I was trying to control <laughs> it to not be right? Like I'm trying to set up everything so perfectly, and then I realize, oh, it's all slipping through my fingers. This is a
0: cosmic joke it because has life to be. really works like this, right? We know it does. Oh
1: my gosh, it totally has to be. but. <sighs> It, 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 either way, we're going to be disappointed And and in the case of your throwing up here Which you actually haven't done yet You actually oh have goodness. You don't really have control You're not a Jedi Zen master yet Hey <laughs> Sorry If you were, then you wouldn't have responded that way
0: Oh, oh <laughs> You're
1: right so, so back to he- meditation. So, so here's the thing, right? So we have said deep breathing, meditation can help. Stepping back and noticing, am I trying to control this? Mm-hmm. And what would happen if I don't control it? Oof. Am I going to make it?
0: Okay. That's tough. Now there
1: may be very rare circumstances where you need to control something, or people are going to get hurt. Possible, but in our daily lives, that's not usually the norm is it going to be okay if we let something go
0: the control part of our brain though boy it's loud
1: oh yeah it really wants to say it's like Rebecca if you don't make your bed this morning you are going to have a very very bad day (laughs) things will fall apart yes yes yeah
0: it's really loud and it's very convincing to not tune into it oof That's tough, but maybe we can undermine it if we understand even more about the structure of how this works because I think there's something underneath control.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, I feel that we wouldn't control things if we thought, hey, all is hunky-dory. I think the controlling... Now, tell me if you think this is true. It comes from our expectations that things should be a certain way. I expect something out of life, I expect something out of this situation, or I have an expectation of what I want to happen and what I think is going to be best.
0: Expectation is one of the foundation blocks of how we operate in our lives. When we talk about curiosity, mm-hmm. if I woke up and I looked at the oncoming day and I said, I just, I wonder what this day is going to hold. I'm right. just curious about it. Now, anything can happen and I'm open to it, but the reality is that we have strong expectations, again, most of us, right. of how our day should unfold, how our life should unfold, how a conversation should unfold, how, for instance, I should feel. Right. right? I expect that my body should feel healthy and good. So yes. that expectation, that basic expectation, is not being met. So now I try to control it, and I try to control it through means it don't even <laughs> vaguely work, like tension Definitely and, feeling. Uh, and making sounds. Okay, and,
1: okay, but it isn't necessarily to say that that's all our fault because we grow up on expectations. This is a lot of training. This is cultural norm that society gives us.
0: Basic, modern, human nature. Now, not true human nature. Right. I don't think this is how we're actually made. And In rewilding,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're trying to get back to some of that core, true naturalness, which would be, I feel, an attitude of curiosity. But we have learned through our culture, through civilization, to expect a lot of stuff.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And that becomes our basic operating mode, expectation.
1: Yeah. Well, and as we grow up, we have experiences that maybe we weren't able to tailor. When you're a kid, you don't always have the same choices as other people as grown-ups and whatever and so your past experiences start to say oh well this is the way things actually are remember that last experience or you have a negative experience oh I'm gonna funnel that into my brain and isn't there a part of the brain that's responsible for paying attention to negative experiences and then it files them away and then it judges the next incoming experiences and checks to see if they're similar to that one coming in
0: yeah, it's the megalogodon.
1: <laughs> Stop it. Wait, what? <laughs> There's no part in the brain called the megalogodon. Well,
0: I couldn't remember it, so I thought they just say something <laughs> anyway, that sounded good and anyway, people would believe me. we should
1: totally look that up and insert it if it is. <laughs> no, I'm talking about that specific part that... that do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's actually called the amygdala.
1: Oh, that's what it is. But then the thing is that as you build experiences, especially as you have negative beliefs... It starts to have more and more in there. It's like, oh, warning sign. This is negative. Warning sign. This is negative. Warning sign. This is negative. Yeah, Yeah, which is not helpful at all.
0: (sighs) Again, our brains.
1: Our brains and the culture that we've chosen to build. That's hard. We have made boxes, right? It's the neat and tidy park when life is, in fact, a large organic forest It's the neat and tidy boxes that say, this is what this looks like. This is what you should expect from it. And then we're all supposed to go around within those boxes, all sliding against each other nice and neatly. Oh, my gosh. And that doesn't happen. It isn't what life really is.
0: That's our language. That's our whole way of structuring life, right, into boxes. You know, you brought up something interesting that we can think of the brain as just this slab of meat up there that's evolved over... X millions of years and that it's a solid thing, but we know just from meditation that we can shift within weeks. Yes, that's true. The structure of our brain. So the civilized brain may look very, very different. Oh, so true. In the size and the activation in different areas of our brain. Oh,
1: absolutely. Plus our threats are totally different. They're not even always real threats. You are sick, so you are undergoing a actual physiological stressor however what you think about it is also stressing you mm-hmm. right
0: yeah that gives us hope because we can restructure our our brains the actual Absolutely. gray matter another rewilding thing here we can actually shift our brains oh it's so the cool whole,
1: like the actual wow matter of it yes yeah. well wow. so i just have to say one thing here before we move on We were talking about boxes and expectations and how that's what we grow up with and are surrounded by. I feel that at some point in time, we begin to identify our ideas and our desires with those boxes. And we start to have preferences about which ones are best, right? Throwing up, definitely not best. That's bad. But we think, oh, I know what would be best. If this, this, and this happened, that would be the best thing for me.
0: I think of people with their lists when they're thinking of trying to find a a mate in life. And they'll have a neat little list of all the qualities they should have. Oh, sure. And you could go out and look for those qualities. That's going to say nothing about whether you're actually compatible with that person. Because the boxes don't fit the organicness.
1: That's true. I, I wrote up a list once. And then I met you and I threw my list away.
0: So, take that, that as
1: that you a will. <laughs> a a bad... Hey, I'm still here after almost however many years, 30 okay, or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. A list of things, a box, cannot actually express the messy, organic, foresty world is out there, nor can it tell us necessarily what truly will be best from, for us.
0: So, and that idea of what we want.
1: Yeah. I mean, take the lottery. Everybody's like... <gasps> Ding 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 dollar signs.
0: Everybody wants to win the lottery. Absolutely. I was reading about this guy the other day, Jack Whitaker. He says, I wish we had torn the ticket up. Ooh. His life just fell apart. Drugs started coming into his family. His granddaughter, I think, died from drug overdose. And his daughter.
1: No way. Yeah. It's like everything fell apart.
0: Abraham Shakespeare, I'd have been better off broke. Whoa. He, actually, after saying that, he was murdered. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> it had to do with the money.
1: Oh, right. So, is it, he, they're not the only people, I'm guessing.
0: No, no. I've I,
1: heard, I've heard, I'm sorry, I have no, to interrupt go. you. I've heard that a large percentage of people who win the lottery within a certain number of years, it's all gone.
0: In a couple of years, yeah. I think it's 70%. Wow. People's lives fall apart. And here it is. There's this idea, my life will be better. And I know, you know, we always say, well, that's the 70%, but I'm in the 30%. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, the fact is often we think something's going to be awesome and it is not quite like we imagine it's, it's going to be.
1: as awesome as we think. And we have been able to be in touch with many people who have said, this happened to me. I thought it was the worst thing in my life. And yet it catapulted me into a completely new and more evolved, better self. And look at what I'm doing now because of that.
0: Would you rather win the lottery or get a diagnosis of cancer?
1: Well, that's Very clear, Very obvious right? <laughs> answer.
0: And yet if you talk to people afterwards, sure, I think you're going to find that a lot of the people diagnosed with cancer are going to say, that was life-changing,
1: that's even if
0: it's limited my life. I'm living so differently and more vibrantly now because I'm loving my moments of life.
1: Right. It brings us present in wow. a way that boxes cannot bring us present. So true. So we're talking here about there's the expectations and beliefs about what is best. And that creates a desire in us to control the outcome. And if we don't know if mm-hmm. we can control the outcome or not, we become nervous and anxious and worried and stressed about it.
0: You just spelled out the structure. If we can understand the structure, sure. we can undermine it. So it's expectation creates control, creates the anxiety and stress. Okay. It's a neat three-step process.
1: It is not neat at all. It's chaotic. <laughs> and messy because how do you pin that down? How do you even know what your expectations are that you're in that frame of mind? How, how do you even wrap your brain around this? I think
0: that's the key, though, to breaking down this structure because when we're experiencing it, it seems so chaotic. It seems out of our control. It seems like this is just the way life is. But now we can see that this this dysfunction right, mm-hmm. that I'm experiencing that it is structured in a chain. And we know that chains have links. Okay. So I can look at any part of that chain mm-hmm. and I can focus on one of those links and I can affect the whole chain. Okay. Now, this one is is structured up and down. So anxiety and stress are on top.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, as you said, there's some ways that we can deal with anxiety and stress. We're going to give some techniques here at the end in our action points. Yes, we are. Or... I can go a little bit deeper, and I could start to look at that sense of control in my All life. Right. yes. Now, if I can affect that control, then I'm going to see that top level, the anxiety and that stress, starts to diminish in frequency. So the more I affect the control, the more mm, automatically, right, without having to deal I see. with the anxiety and stress.
1: So it only makes sense that if we affect The expectation, bottom, Mm -hmm. root cause, then we also influence the control and the anxiety simultaneously. Bingo. So, how do we do that?
0: Well, here's the thing most of this, like most stuff in our life, is going on in autopilot. Mm. So, you've broken down the chain for us. We can start to bring awareness to when we're experiencing any parts of this chain, and now we know how the chain operates. See, we're, we're getting some keys here. That
1: is brilliant. So if we simply use awareness as though it's this kind of headlamp light that we shine out, whether we're hitting ourselves in anxiety, and we notice, oh, I've got a lot of anxiety, then we can start to follow it. Oh, where'd that anxiety come from? I'm trying to control something. What's that control coming from? Oh, I have this expectation. And we could start at the top there, could be the middle, could be control, Mm -hmm. or it could be the bottom expectation. But wherever we are on that structure, that chain, we can have the awareness and with the awareness, ask ourselves deeper and deeper questions until we can start to understand.
0: Awareness is key. And at first, we're usually going to just be aware of that feeling of anxiety and stress. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the most tangible part of this. Control is a little bit harder to see in ourselves and mm. expectation is so root right. and Very ingrained. But we're learning now that we see the chain, we're learning to trace it back. We know whenever, whenever we're feeling that anxiousness and stress, that it is deriving from some sense of control, which derives from my foundation of expectation.
1: Right. Rather it's what should happen or what you think is gonna be best for you or what shouldn't happen and right. what's awful and horrible. Okay, so just having awareness and having awareness, even if you don't do anything after that, you bring that you're shining that light again and going, Ah, look it, I see. I am <laughs> in I'm in this this process here and maybe you don't do anything about it that time, but the next time you notice, you say, "Wait, this time I'm going to see where am I controlling." Okay, and then maybe you can even ask yourself deeper: What are the expectations? What is it that I'm trying to control?
0: So important.
1: I love it. So, what are you going to do about your throwing upness?
0: My throwing upness?
1: Yeah. Let's well, just, just take your throwing upness. Oh, okay. I guess that's not technically a, it's now a technical term: throwing upness. Nausea. <sighs> That is not as exciting sounding or cute or whatever. <laughs> Nausea is so like sterile. Okay,
0: what am I going to do about my throwing up? Well, no,
1: I'm just asking you, like, let's take this here. You're anxious. Yeah. And stressed. Okay. Because oh, you don't want to throw up.
0: Let's, let's trace okay. it back. Right. Okay, so that's the control. I'm trying to control. I don't want to throw up. And that's that's pretty immediate, but it's pretty autopilot. Yes. Man, I don't like want to throw so up. Like so many
1: things in life. <laughs> First of all, you really don't have control of it. Right? Secondly, boom, it just happened. Ooh, I think I'm going to throw up. Oh, I don't want to. Am I going to? Am I not going to? Because I don't want to because it's bad. It's kind of
0: a fear reaction. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Then underneath, there's an expectation of the good way to feel
1: is healthy. So you expect yourself to be feeling like you usually do. Yeah.
0: And that that expectation, that underlying expectation about how I should feel Mm -hmm. makes it so it's pretty much guaranteed I'm going to have a miserable day if I pull a hamstring. If I have a headache, if I have a toothache, if my vision is blurry for some reason, So attached to
1: this expectation is the belief that what's best for you is to just always be in optimal health, never be sick, never get an injured muscle, never grow old or have any problems. Yeah,
0: but I want to be a little careful here because we can go down this deep and we can think, okay, the expectations are separate things. Mm. But realizing that expectation itself Right. Is, is a life way that we can actually shift through becoming curious.
1: Mm, I love through it. Through
0: opening ourselves up to life. Okay. So then I wake up with a pulled hamstring. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, crap. Now how am I going to go to work right. today? It's, wow, I wonder how this day is going to work out when I have to <laughs> hobble around. and This is going to be interesting. Right? It's going to sure. lead to some cool conversation.
1: Who knows what? So essentially, when you have that awareness about what's going on and you enter in some curiosity, then you're opening up all of the channels. You're kind of opening yourself up to the messiness. You're going from the manicured park to a walk in the woods where who knows what could happen.
0: Yes. And
1: you might be okay with that too. You don't have to be worried about it. It's, hmm, let's see. And then, of course, as we know, when we open that side up, a lot of things become... They come into our vision, is what I am saying. Mm-hmm. want to say. We see things and notice things that we might not have seen before. Or we might have to change. For example, that pulled hamstring. Maybe you're a person who never asks for help. And if you step into the curiosity, how am I going to do this? And you don't just think, i got to do this by hook or crook and I'm going to do it myself. And you're aware, maybe you can see, oh... Maybe today's a day I right. ask for help, and maybe that shifts. You never know what's going Who to knows? shift you.
0: Okay, so you said apply this to throwing up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can, I can work on the top level.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I'm breathing shallow. Okay, uh, my stomach's tense. I can lay back. I can relax, breathe deeply. Mm-hmm. Working on the surface level. Sure. I could work on the control level. Okay, I'm just going to accept I may throw up. I you kind actually
1: of... have no control over it, right? So you might as well let it go,
0: <laughs> right? That relieves a lot of the mental stress and then the physical stress. And your if responsibility I can really
1: over it, yeah, right.
0: If I can really do that, and if I could go down to the bottom level, then I could just get curious about it and realize that my life will be different than it would have been if I wasn't feeling nauseous, mm-hmm. and it's led to this cool conversation, and wow. I had to be open to that. If I wasn't open to it, Mm -hmm. then I'd just be sitting there over the toilet saying, get out of here, I don't want to talk to anybody.
1: Right, and you'd be in that state of kind of torture for a lot longer.
0: But if I could get rid of that expectation at the bottom, the control evaporates and the anxiety and the stress evaporates. Sweet. Wow.
1: Okay, since we're talking about things that evaporate, stress and anxiety, let's talk about some other things that do that. Like
0: our sponsor.
1: Well, yeah, I was thinking warm baths and fuzzy cute animals, right? <laughs> fuzzy oh, no, cute there's animals. There's science behind that that shows there that is. that really, really helps people. Animal therapy. Yeah. Right? Very, and very true. In particular, we're talking about beautiful, sweet, soft
0: cats. This is Kate Stryker of Forest Wind Siberian Cats. Now, she's a cat breeder. Which, when you start realizing how many cats are out there in shelters, I
1: know. you can
0: start to have an idea about breeders in general. But she was the first person to say, if you don't need the special qualities that this, these cats have, then go get a cat from mm. the shelters. But There's many great qualities about these cats, but one of the magical things about them is that they are basically hypoallergenic. She told me there's no such thing as an actual hypoallergenic cat. But the proteins that create allergies in most people, these cats test very, very low in. Wow. So they're a cat for people who are allergic to cats. Wow.
1: And what type of breed is it again?
0: It's a Siberian cat. She goes under Siberian Cat Breeder. And that's her Facebook, is if you look up Forest Wind Siberian Cat Breeder. You're going to find her on Facebook.
1: Wow, the cats, I mean, seeing these pictures here, they look so beautiful, soft and silky. And some of them are kind of ghost-like with, like, white and gray tabby stripes. They're
0: beautiful. Incredible. And the thing I really wanted to point out about her is that she donates cats to special needs children. Wow. It's special needs children who the doctor will contact Kate and say, look, this child could really use a therapy cat. Mm. It would make a huge difference in their life. And the child or one of the caregivers is very, very, tests very allergic to cats. Wow. So it's this amazing program where she can gift these incredible cats and it changes the life of these children.
1: So we're saying if you have allergies out there mm-hmm. and you really, really, really have always wanted a cat. Yeah. That not only is this a fabulous breed for that, just based on all of the proteins (laughs) and but when you purchase a cat from her, you are directly allowing that special program to take place.
0: She doesn't take donations. She just uses the money that, you know, obviously she has to live on some of this money too. But some of that money goes into this program of, of allowing this donation of these cats. And they are, the cats are bred for health. And for temperament, and it's a real balance. The temperament has to be a temperament that's cuddly but not too lazy because she's very into educating people about the health of cats. And, boy, I learned so much in my conversation with her about, for instance, allergies. Right. You can get a cat, and if they don't have a good diet, if they don't have good movement, if they don't have a good emotional health, oh. they are stressed and they produce more of the allergens oh, that affect us. If, like myself, you're allergic. Right, you're to very cats. allergic to cats.
1: <laughs> yes. So um, why don't you want a lazy cat? Just out of curiosity, they have to be cuddly, but not lazy. But right, why? If a
0: cat is too lazy, they're going to tend to get overweight and not be healthy. Oh, so, I see. So she really plays a balancing act with trying to breed them to really get that cat that is going to be healthy but also is going to cuddle up in a child's arms
1: oh, and, and just wanted be to present be loved. for them. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. So how do you get a hold of her if you wanted to learn more?
0: You can go to the Facebook page that I spoke about. And again, it's Forest Wind Siberian Cat Breeder. If you just type that into Facebook, you'll find it. Or Siberian Cat Breeder at AOL.com is her email.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: Amazing heartfelt woman that's doing some incredible work bringing animals and humans together.
1: Wow. Speaking of bringing people, creatures, beings of this planet together, we need to do a huge thank you to all our patrons out there. Those of you that have supported us through Patreon, through PayPal, through monthly or one-time donations. Those of you that mail, some of you out there mail us money. I mean, my gosh, where are you people from? (laughs) And not just that, but I know there's those of you out there that aren't able to support us monetarily. That does not mean that your words don't support us too, because they do.
0: Some of those comments and such that we get are the most uplifting, powerful support that we could ever imagine. Okay,
1: seriously, I'm gonna start to cry. I'm a little <laughs> emotional today. It is really, really powerful, and just the way that you communicate with one another on our channel and and the comments and it really is beautiful. If you feel like it's your time and you want to give just head straight to our website, rewildyou.com and right on the front page, you could become a patron through Patreon or through PayPal. It's very easy to do, and of course, each and every little bit makes a huge difference to us. We're not just saying that. It actually really does. You guys are helping us make these podcasts, make the videos, and together, all of us, whether you are supporting monetarily or with your good thoughts, with your good words, we are all creating a very beautiful and supportive community here.
0: Remember, there's all kinds of other stuff on our website. There's the online classes. There is the Force Monk program. So come check it all out.
1: All right. It is time for you to unleash your life, and we have some action points to help you deal with each of these steps along this chain.
0: Let's stop at the top. Let's
1: start. (laughs) I like that it rhymes.
0: (laughs) Stop at the top. That's what I was doing. I was going for poetry.
1: (laughs) Going for poetry.
0: Let us begin at the The beginning. beginning.
1: (laughs) Number one is the anxiety. Right. That's that top
0: level one. The one we experience most often. Right. It's easy to be aware of it because it hits us in a pretty blatant way.
1: Definitely. Deep breathing.
0: Deep breathing. Relaxation. Yeah. Wow. It does a lot of good. We hear this. If you're going to go and you're doing your first public speaking thing and you've got the proverbial butterflies in your stomach, the cure.
1: <sighs> okay. And it's <clears throat> actually
0: more of a treatment than a cure. <clears throat> Excuse me? Well, you're- I'm going on here about... And so, the, <laughs> you're
1: telling me that the deep breathing is going to work better than imagining everybody naked but only in their socks?
0: Hmm. Haven't
1: you heard of that for public speaking? Interesting technique. Interesting technique. I've never tried that. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. you're probably right that the deep breathing will go a long <laughs> way.
0: We know that breathing is a proven method to tap into our parasympathetic nervous system, it calms us down. And a simple way is to have a count for yourself. Your count might be four, five, or six, minus five. And so I breathe in through my belly. One, two, three, four, five. Not <sighs> tensing, right? This should be to 70 or 80%. And then holding for a moment, not holding, but just pausing before there's an exhale of five and a pause on the bottom. And another breath. This is a, a physiological cue to our bodies. Because when you're under stress, you're going to run from the saber tooth tiger.
1: Right.
0: You better start <laughs> bringing in the oxygen.
1: I always tell the girls, use your breathing. Do your deep breathing. Because that will trick your body yeah. and your, your brain. Wait, well, it won't trick your body. But you'll use your body to trick your brain that you should be relaxed.
0: Yeah, you're right, though. It does trick our body, too. Because we... Do that with our body. It tricks our brain, and then that right. tricks our body to relax. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down. I love it. So that's a little band-aid.
1: Okay, so if I'm noticing anxiety, I can just stop. I can do some deep breathing. Three breaths, five breaths, even just one, mm-hmm. and notice how that shifts. I'm doing an intentional stopping to just calm myself down. Obviously, if you wanted to continue that, you could do a little meditation practice, and that's where, when you do that for a period of time every day, over time, you actually do start to change the gray matter of your brain.
0: Yes. Yep, you make that relaxation response more and more of your normal state of being. And that makes it so that you just don't get as as high, mm. you know, as high, as stressful as, as zippy. With each <laughs> zippy <laughs> with each of these, especially with the first one here, tracing. See where does this come out of control? Mm. And where does that control Emanate from a basic foundation of expectation. Awesome. Number two.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. This is for control. Yes. Okay, so now we're down from anxiety to control. Yes. And control, this is an awesome exercise to get in touch with.
1: It's so hard to... (laughs) So I'm going to say it, a day of silence. However, if you can't do a day of silence, you could pick an hour of silence or a mm-hmm. morning of silence or an afternoon of silence, but this is where you literally do not speak.
0: This makes it really difficult to control things in your life because...
1: Especially people.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially people, which is often one of the main <laughs> <laughs> focus points of our control. You've got children, you've got a spouse, you've got co-workers, whatever it is. You want to be Telling them what for and how it's going to look and how it's going to be. You have to be silent. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah. It's okay to tell people ahead of time. That way they can support you. (laughs) And then you're not doing that pantomime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The beauty of it is that when you're silent and then you have that urge to control, you're going to feel yourself want to speak.
1: Yes, or you might even accidentally (laughs) do it, and then you really know. (laughs) And it
0: it shows you right there, right? Yes. Oh, I'm in controlling mode. So it is an alert system that says controlling is present.
1: Absolutely. brings our
0: mind to it. Because we're not talking, we're in a more mindful, quiet state, because talking often is just a way to get into autopilot. So it's a little bit easier after you've seen it to say, oh, okay, there it is. What does this feel like? Getting more in touch with the tension feelings and the emotional feelings that I get when I try to exert control. So it's bringing awareness to that control state.
1: Yeah. And if you notice that, then you get a chance, another space to ask yourself, do I want to go deeper? Do I want to look at this? What is this arising from? And it's always great because you can't talk. Can you ask yourself, am I going to survive this one day if the you know, spilled milk doesn't get wiped up properly today <laughs> or whatever it might be? You can ask yourself, can I live with this without trying to fix it, trying to control it?
0: Yeah. Oof. It's a, a mind opening exercise and really can give you almost a witness viewpoint of your life, can't recommend this enough.
1: <laughs> okay, so number three, we're going deep down to that expectation level. Tell me what it is.
0: Ah, uh, I want to share this story, and by knowing this story, you can bring it back to your mind, and you are always going to have it available to you. This story has helped myself out in immense ways, and it's helped a lot of other people out because it's it's a, it's
1: a good yeah. Thing.
0: It brings us into curiosity rather than expectation. And the story is going to kind of say it all. So I'll just launch in. This is an old I think I read it first in a Zen book. Um, It's often attributed to being a Taoist tale. But you've got this old Chinese farmer and he has a beautiful horse. One day that horse breaks through the fence and it's gone. Aww. Very sad. His neighbor comes over and says, oh my gosh, man, this is, this sucks. I'm so sorry for you. That horse was your prized possession. This was kind of everything to you. And the old farmer says, hmm, who knows what is good or bad? Well, the next day, that horse returns. It met some wild horses and whew, it brings them all running back into the, into the fenced enclosure.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: And his son runs out and fixes up the fence and holy cow, now there's eight horses in the pasture. The neighbor comes over oh, oh my gosh, what luck you are so lucky. Wow, the stars are sure aligned for you, buddy. And the old Chinese farmer says, Hmm Who knows is good or bad? Well the day after that, his son gets up on one of those wild horses and is trying to, you know. Train it and get it so it's rideable. He is bucked off and he breaks his leg. Oh. Oh. The neighbor comes over. Oh. This is horrible. Your son, your only son. How are you going to get anything done? All these horses to take care of. And oh my gosh, his leg is broken.
1: For the record, I love how you're acting this out.
0: (laughs) Nobody can see it. Oh, they should see my acting.
1: It's awesome. I know.
0: I should have been in the movies. (laughs) Who knows what is good or bad, (laughs) says the old Chinese farmer. Well, the day after that, the army comes through. There's a big war going on, and the army is conscripting all the young men and taking them. And likely, they're not going to be coming back. They take one look at his son, not taking him, broken leg, and they pass by. Of course, we know what happens. Who knows what is good <laughs> or bad? You forgot the neighbor coming over. Oh, whoops.
1: Well, we Stop all know here. what it is. Oh, hey, you're so lucky.
0: <clears throat> Who knows what is good or bad? Do you want to win the lottery or get a diagnosis of cancer? Who knows what is good or bad? When we can be that open to life, then we undermine expectation. Expectation is undermined. Control doesn't have anything to grow upon then it can't produce its fruit, stress, anxiety. And there we go. That's it. Understanding this chain, getting straight to the bottom.
1: And so for expectation, what I take away is when I get to that deep level, I love to say that to myself. How do I know what is good and what is bad? Mm. And really, truly ask myself that question. That's the starting point for all of the growth.
0: So I'm feeling my anxiousness. I link it to the control and then I stop there and I say, who knows? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Who knows what's good or bad? And then it's really hard to control when I can start to adopt that mindset. Now, remembering... These mindsets are pretty ingrained. Mm, Yeah. So it's going to take some time to rework it, but it can be done.
1: Right. Lots of practice, and life will give us lots of practice. Oh, yeah. So, of course, we still have one more action point. That's the same one all the time. Stay on your rewilding journey.
0: Oh, if we give attention to these things, this mindfulness, to changing the way our brain is structured, we change our whole life. Rewilding affects us on every level of being. It's not like a lot of other paths that just are going to tackle one aspect of our life. This hits everything to the core.
1: Well, then what's great about it is it's so broad and flexible. It can incorporate all sorts of other different beliefs. There's not one right way or wrong way, but what it is asking, and we talked about this in the very beginning of the podcast, is that It's asking us to reconnect with our own inner nature where we understand what it means to be a human being in this world, where we understand the messiness, where we understand we're walking through a forest and not a manicured park. And we can start to seek inside ourselves, ask these questions, who knows what is good or bad? And we will trust that the answers will come forth as we continue to explore, as we continue to have a sense of curiosity.
0: Love it, girlfriend.
1: So, how are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling pretty good, but I still have to feel like I have to throw up.
1: Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. (coughs) Oh, Canton, could you have waited until we were done recording? (coughs) Sorry. Oh, my gosh.
0: Uh. (coughs) No, I couldn't because we still have to tell people that We just love them and appreciate them so much. And thank you for watching. Okay, I'll tell them that. We
1: (laughs) love you and appreciate you. We are so grateful for all of you listeners out there and all of you that write in your comments to us and share with us the things you're learning in your life, the ways that you're growing and changing. Please keep that coming.
0: Thank you for being part of what we do.
1: All right. Go out there, follow the chain, ask those good questions. Who knows?
0: What is good?
1: Or bad.